Is it recording now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is recording now. Okay. Hi, guys. It's Biz. I'm actually sitting next to Alexi for this episode today as we are in the same location, surprisingly, <laughs> against all odds. Rare. We're also yeah. using the same microphone, so if anything sounds weird, that's why, because we only have one <laughs> microphone. Um, and we are coming to you from uh, an undisclosed <laughs> location. <laughs> We're in the quarters of an estate of an esteemed fast food baron, um, and it's very beautiful. The sun is streaming in through these giant windows, and there's absolutely no furniture, and we're sitting on the ground. So Yes, and there's a really nice um, porcelain bathroom to our left. Yeah. A couple of them. Just setting the scene. <laughs> and Sam is not here, unfortunately. Sam's here nope. in spirit. <laughs> No, I'm in my bedroom in Texas, but I can see them. They're sitting in this very strange large room with like a dozen mattresses just like stacked up behind them. They're going to sleep on them like princesses. That's yeah, really very cute. That's yeah. really yeah, building yeah. our vibe of saying that we're like a fast food um, <laughs> <Yeah>. mogul's <laughs> mansion, but it is true. Um, anyway, so today's episode is going to be talking about hot girl summer culture as well as the antithesis to Hawk Girl Summer, which was uh, laid out recently by an article called Blob Girl Summer, Blob Girl Summer, which is something of a movement now. So we're just going to ta- talk about all of that. Yeah, the reactionary movement um, to Hawk Girl Summer definitely articulates a lot of things about we're considering these post-COVID summer moves and our relationships to our bodies or something. Oh, I was gonna say, I guess I'll define what hot girl summer is first, because it's kind of a really massive concept, which um, it started essentially with Megan Thee Stallion releasing a song with Nicki Minaj in summer 2019 called Hot Girl Summer. And that was the first era of hot girl summer, which is basically, would you guys say it's like um, about fulfilling... What would you say? It's like about maximizing. Are you gonna say your... wish fulfillment? <laughs> I that, I wasn't gonna say that, but that sounds true. That is accurate. I think Megan Thee Stallion was using it for a while before it actually became a song. Mm-hmm. Because in all of her songs, she says real hot girl shit, and then hot girl summer mm-hmm. is like I don't know. That summer is almost like a sporting event where people would be like hot girls up one, like the boys down two or something, and it was kind of this weird battle of the sexes vibe where. Um, women were playing men, men were playing women in response. Um, That summer was definitely very eventful. And I think people are anticipating something like that for this summer because of the pent up sexual energy and like hedonistic desires of people to be socially messy. Um, What do you think, Sam? (laughs) Um, I mean, I think uh, it very much is like a measuring sort of like the zeitgeist of like I think people use the internet to manifest their like fantasies I think that's what TikTok is like everyone's acting out their fantasies physically for everybody to see which is super embarrassing but like um hot girl like I think it was very much like I'm manifesting people thinking I'm hot by just Mm -hmm. like repeating it over and over again which I think it's just better to like let other people come to that conclusion on their own like I think you just it will stick longer, but um, I think it was, I mean, I always think the battle of the sexes vibe is always healthy for 
like gender relations. I think it's always good to have like at least a little bit of animosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like there was no equivalent for men. Like there was no. in, in, in the hot girl summer era, and then also now. Yeah. Because there was, of course, like white boy summer, which is such. It's obviously a play on hot girl summer, <laughs> but there's no even like appropriate. No men can't fight back. Yeah, everyone would just be like the boys, but I don't know. There's something about that that just doesn't. It's not as catchy. They're not, it's not like, as catchy. Enough. Yeah, it's not, like, not like a aesthetic associated with it. Mm-hmm. Hot girl summer is definitely really tied to like baddie. Um, IMG, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely about stunting and, like, going out as often as possible and doing things that, not only being promiscuous, but doing things that are, like, mischievous. Mis- <laughs> mis- <Risky. laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like plotting you know, and scheming. Yeah, like, plotting and scheming, being a little trickster. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. like, leading on a ton of people at the same time. Yeah, it's like a very toxic culture. But, mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, I think something more toxic would be Lob Girl Summer, which is like, I really do think it's more toxic than Hot Girl Summer. Um, for like context, it's like an article that came out in Business Insider a couple weeks ago by Talia Lavin, Lavin um, where she kind of like writes this like personal essay about feeling like a blob, a formless woman, and like feeling like she doesn't belong in like the upcoming hot vaxxed girl summer, which is not a thing. No one says that. But yeah, I think this is also like a very toxic ideology, like a very, uh, I think it's, it comes from the same like validation seeking behavior. That's very like short term. Yeah. I feel like that kind of in a way is evident in the response that it had on like Twitter when it was first published, because a lot of people were, a lot of women were responding to the article on Twitter saying it was super validating to them and then sharing their experiences as Uh, a blob woman (laughs) as a blob woman or something or as a woman who is not capable or willing to be hot Mm -hmm. and there was yes kind of a a feedback loop of some sort with people bearing them themselves on twitter yeah The, the same way a hot girl might be like here's my beautiful hot body and it's hot girl summer they were like talking about their insecurities it's definitely like a millennial self-deprecating vibe and that's very apparent in her writing because she finds like every negative way to describe being like pasty and like fat I guess um which is it's very descriptive but it's also very saddening to read and Should I, read I some think quotes yeah I would love to hear a quote um I think calling her, she's described herself as um, stale dough pinched into the rough approximation of a human woman. And then there's a bit more that kind of really shows off how beautiful her prose are. But at the same time, the sentiment is so, I don't like the word that comes to mind is like penetrating. I'm just like, oh my God, you're really driving this point home a lot. (laughs) Okay, so she said, I was built for gazes to pass over. An awning is more exciting than me. A hot dog cart is more exciting than me. The little creatures in the rainwater coming out of the gutter that you can't see with the naked eye are nonetheless more visually arresting than I am. So that really just, the essay has a lot of that repeated. Like the beautiful prose saying the same thing about uh, her lack of, lack of hotness i think it's really that comparison to i don't know really like 
I do find hot dog carts really exciting, so I don't think that's, like, a fair, like, comparison. Yeah, they're but really, like, a, beautiful. Yeah. They have, like, a 1950s vibe. Mm-hmm. And they always smell like they're burning. <laughs> like, I was, like, and, like, attract- pretzels. Yeah, like, it's attractive in, like, a disaster sense. But it also is, like, an awning. Like, girl, what? And rainwater critters. <laughs> but, like, we're comparing yourself to plankton. Like, <laughs> like microscopic plankton. I'm, like, oh, you have boobs, though. Like, I know. That. There used to be one word for this, which is saying I'm you're homely or you're plain or you're um, a spinster or, you know, there was a designated role in society for women like this, I guess. Yeah, they were all just... Not anymore. They're all writers, <laughs> I guess now. Yeah, that's definitely true. And she, I think, drives home this point of, like, during COVID, a lot of people were... I don't know, I guess culture was pushing, like, this is a good opportunity for people to better themselves or, like, have a bit of a glow up or you're going to have this, like, post-COVID debut to the world of, like, your better self. And she's very insanely announcing, like, uh, no, like, not me, actually. It's hard to tell if she's gotten worse or just, like, stayed the same or whatever. The whole point is that she's not ready for Hot Girl Summer. Well, she mentions she turned 30, um, and I think that's, like, the driver behind this thing and she also uses a lot of I noticed she she mentions tombs a lot um in her article so I think she's actually just anxious about dying um but and that doesn't feel ugly it's she's just like scared of dying but I think it's like I don't know I just find it really horrible because she's saying this all I guess to filter her own sense of self-hatred and get like a sense of value it's almost like a fishing for compliments in the negative sense of like no you're so pretty or something I don't know like to her, she's, like, yeah. publicly just gaining validation from, like, having an unhealthy self-image, which is, like, so much worse than, like, hot girl summer. Maybe an overinflated sense of self-image, but... Negative self-image. Yeah, it, it definitely is because the ways that... The way she talks about her body is, like, really the only the way that you can talk about your own body. Like, no one would say that about another person. And I think... COVID Unless also, you're, like, like, literally obsessed with them. Because you're yeah. writing, like, prose. Yeah, very descriptive, flowery prose. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, it seems like she's, like, inspected every inch of her body with, like, a profound disgust at what she has found. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of have had that experience where you're like, wow, like, some parts of this are really gross. But um, also, I guess her relationship to femininity is interesting. She speaks of being a woman as, like, completely incidental or like she isn't gonna like transition being non-binary or something but it's just like well I guess I'm like have boobs or something yeah there is that one quote yeah she calls her boobs incidental and pendulous um I understand that sentiment you know not to be like but like like I, I think everyone's felt like uncomfortable with like being their bodies being out in public and being witnessed like everyone's gonna feel ugly at all at any point in time. Um, I think I more just take issue with the fact that she was so public about it and she's made this almost like a personal brand, like on her Twitter. And she's clearly very pretty. Like we looked at photos of her and she, you know, she's like a pretty girl and, um, you know, we shouldn't let people be this mean to themselves, like in op-eds for Business Insider. That is true. That's true. We shouldn't validate her on that. But I think she like wants us to be like, after reading that article, you can't help but be like, damn, what does this girl look like? Yeah. Is it really that bad? Oh, yeah. I immediately went to her Twitter account to see what she looked like. Yeah. And 
that's a natural response to reading someone's absolute roast of themselves. It's definitely a very coastal elite pill, mm-hmm. too. I'm like, girl, you might be like a New York four, but you're like, go anywhere else and you will find a husband. That is literally a thing on TikTok right now. It's like, I'm a New York four and a... Um, like Boston six, but I'm like a gas station ten. Like that's yeah. a You're like a robotics robotics competition. Competition. eleven. <laughs> yeah, so I want to send her one of those. It is so it's so relative mm-hmm. to the media you're consuming as well. I think in terms of what you think is hot, but also this is an interesting development of um kind of like post body positivity. Yeah, body negativity. Because I don't. I don't think someone would publish this a couple of years ago in like the prime of body positivity because yeah. you're kind of doxing yourself as someone who's like too weak-minded to uh, reclaim the ugly parts of your body and like be confident or something. Yeah, I've definitely been seeing a lot of like body neutrality stuff online lately, which I haven't even like formed a true reaction to. This is like the opposite of body neutral. It's like puts so much emphasis on the body. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, she, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry, you guys. No, it's okay. I'm just the footsteps. I'm like, I'm in background noise. It's, um, like a, it's the ghost of chicken. Oh, I guess one good point about this is, <laughs> a chicken ghost, is that she refers to herself as, um, a knockoff Venus of Willendorf and kind of comes back to the idea of being this outdated fertility symbol and that is a really interesting part of our culture because bodies that are this like curvy shape or have big boobs or like really wide hips have often have like more textured skin or have like cellulite or have stretch marks and stuff but it's I guess she's still grappling with that as I'm sure like a lot of women are who fit into this like thick stereotype yeah and I guess like you just have more it seems like she has so much time to like inspect element on her whole body no I think um that's when I don't want to sound like a crackpot whenever I say this but like um I think really like the whole observation that she's very coastal elite pilled is like actually what the problem is and not because there's like a lot of hot people in the coast. It's, they are, there are, but I think it's because there's so many people in between the ages of like 25 and 35. So like, there's like mm-hmm. no contact with like really children or old people when you're in like a coastal elite city. So you have actually zero contact with like birth and death, which is like both tied to like fertility. And like, if your body is like, yeah, like, and yeah. she keeps mentioning like tombs and stuff. And she even like refers to hot girls as like this cryogenetically <laughs> frozen women. Wait, Sam, you're right. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was yeah. like schizophrenically like, this woman just needs to go with a child or she needs to be taking care of a dying old person. Like, I don't know, like, it will just solve her sense of self. No, that's yeah. very true. And, and in terms of the coastal elite thing, too, I mean, location reveal, we're in South Carolina right now and we were talking to him, our friend's mom about this and trying to explain, like, blob girl summer to her and just like the way people glowed down during COVID and feel this pressure to like reveal a new self um and she was like well I guess it's different here because like we never stop seeing people but I guess it it is going to be really bad in cities where people like genuinely haven't seen their friends this whole time which still is I'm like yeah no I think like actually most places that are not coastal people have like continued to I don't know that's just my own because I lived in 
Yeah, like I, I was in Corpus for a lot of, or Corpus Christi for a lot of um, COVID. They're just like, but I'm also in Texas, so that might skew my perspective on that a little bit. Um, but in New York, it definitely is like, not people my age, but like millennials. I went out to dinner with a bunch of millennials and like... <laughs> docs. I know, docs is a millennial, this millennial group. And so many of them were like, this is my first time like seeing my friends like since last year year like since a year ago and I was like y'all were actually doing that like I thought we were just like capping online (laughs) but I think yeah that type of person is gonna have a really hard time I can't imagine like not seeing anyone for that long yeah Um, well what I mean what they would see I guess is people on the internet which is like always just going exactly teenagers yeah yeah they were on tiktok yeah, I guess, like, people on the internet is true, but it's also, like, 2D images, like, so that visceral disgust when faced with the form of your own body in three dimensions and, like, the textures and... Oh, you should talk about that. I really yeah. like this. Alexia had Alexia this really fantastic idea about um, texture and dimension not and Gen Z kind of... Not having, having really bad dysmorphia about yeah. it, yeah. I think that's a part of this... Uh, collective dysphoria or something that people are feeling. Yeah, definitely. And someone someone in my class was like, it's because our phone screens are, like, flat and glassy. Like, we'll never be able to, like, even if we see a picture of texture, like, we'll never be able to really, like, relate to it. I was like, okay, I don't know if that's true, but I do think that so much of what she's having trouble with is not, like, her image in the mirror, but, like, the experience of, like, looking down at her body and, like, experiencing it in space. <laughs> not to be, like, bodies in space, but... I do think that's something that, that people are growing increasingly uncomfortable with. Um, You've said some very interesting things about skin texture and how that is something that younger people have anxiety about. But yeah. I think that's more related to, like, makeup theory. Yeah, that's more stuff. like facial dysmorphia because I think it's, like, um, obviously, like, image editing or the democratization of, like, photo editing tools has made people have an unrealistic expectation of like what your face skin will look like but also trends like um glass skin as like a skincare trend like this expectation that your skin should be like a reflective almost technological surface it's like iphone screen yeah like a cyborg vibe and i think people and like i don't know a lot of instagram filters also give your face that like plasticky look like this um uniform surface not even uniform and color but like this uniformity and texture um I don't know if yeah I was surprised to hear her grappling so much with it but I guess it really is like anyone that spends enough time online or enough time like not around real people and fixating on themselves like it really is gonna become an issue for them to which I say it's okay <laughs> everyone, you know, like make you feel better Lizzie, ever since I, I started exfoliating per Lexi's advice um she knows a lot about exfoliants, and it actually has made my life a lot better really? in the past couple of weeks. <laughs> Wait, what exfoliant? So I think, I don't know. It's... I use, like, a million. I literally will use, like, I'll pick up anything at the store that's, like, exfoliating. A chemical one, though. Yeah, and lactin, this, like, oh. <laughs> lactic acid lotion is really good. But, like, in terms of physical exfoliants, like, Necessaire has a really good one. I use, like, three in the shower, and, like, by the time I'm done, it's really, like... <laughs> dolphin skin vibe but ever since I've been home I've like been struggling so much I'm like my skin is really bad because I'm not scrubbing it raw with like pebbles <laughs> every day um I also like 
I've had this too where like I've whatever I do like zoom stuff like I'm in a house that's like dark and all of my windows are closed and stuff so whenever I look in the mirror my texture is not as visible so I'm like wow I'm so beautiful and like when I go out in public and I see myself in like the car mirror or something I'm like shocked at like all of the weird lumps and like pores and she mentions what is this quote this is like the best quote because it also tells you why she has this problem in the first place and how easy it is to solve this problem she says None- <laughs> nonetheless, I stand in my sack dress and Walmart sandals and t- tilt up my bare, poor, heavy face with its, with its incipient jowls and admit with charging in a little grace that I am not among the blessed. I am Blob Femme, a creature half made of envy and shame, whose breasts are incidental and pendulous. A woman sure she's a woman, but sure of little else. Um. She just needs to not shop at Walmart for clothing or shoes. And she's going to feel a lot better. Or wear a sock yeah. dress. Yeah. The sock dress, ugh, I'm so sad for her. It, it really reminds me of, like, when I was in high school, I aspired to be millennials so badly that I would wear, like, not, I guess they were kind of, like, culottes, yeah. Very, like, oh, Everlane, like, cos types of, I would wear, like, tunics and, like, culottes and, like the lifestyle sneakers <laughs> like, it makes me so mad I'm like I was feeling ugly because compared to people my age like I should have been wearing like a crop top or something um yeah millennials stop wearing like shapeless clothes like for real even if you're fat just like corset we already shot down that idea last episode <laughs> I think yeah everything in the culture seems so reactionary right now like this seems like such a everything is like so reactionary this is so reactionary to like instagram face and talk girl summer and it's just interesting to see Mm -hmm. but i think the reason why i respect gen z a little bit more is like sam what you were saying about like seeing your face like in your home is very different than going outside and like raking sunlight i think that gen z is really committed to like looks maxing but like in the comfort of like their bedroom and so they'll do this really crazy makeup and like I don't know it's literally like a cosplay vibe like things that only look good facing the camera or things that only look good from like certain angles and then they're obviously gonna have a hard time like translating that um, overall effect to the way they're going to be perceived in like three dimensions like I go to Pratt Institute or recently graduated (laughs) but the amount of times I've seen like e-girls or like girls that do really crazy like nose contour and stuff like in real life with like the light filtering through the leaves like raking across their face it just looks insane but I think she has made absolutely no effort to um commit to anything like that I mean like I don't know during COVID I feel like it was a great time to experiment with um look smacking and figure that out (laughs) I do think some people got so lost in despair or tragedy that it just isn't like oftentimes like I guess looks maxing is not which I guess looks maxing a good definition of that is just being pretty methodical about how you can improve your looks and your overall attractiveness and it's like a whole system not system but like community you'd say yeah I'd say it's a community like that's very goal oriented which is just like the goal is not like erasing all of your features and like you know becoming something else but like taking what you have been given by god and maximizing the effects of that um which like being attractive does improve your life a lot well one thing i noticed um one thing i noticed is like she's 
with like this, especially with the millennial mentality is like self-deprecation, I think is like a way to like actually just avoid taking responsibility for certain things. And like, she very much is like almost like coming up with like an elaborate excuse to like not take ownership of like her own like sense of like personal identity, which like, it's very understandable to feel dysmorphic, I guess, especially like in the face of social media. But I also think that she has like a masochistic enjoyment of this. That's why she's being kind of like an exhibitionist and like telling everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, that's what I like about the look, even though I think looks maxing as well can be like an unhealthy community. Um, I think it's more respectable because <laughs> at least it takes like. Well, what was what was like that? What was it? Was there a millennial equivalent for looks maxing, or what was the the beauty standard for? I feel like looks maxing was like invented by millennials. A lot of the mm. girls on there on the older side. For millennials, that's true. Um, because I don't Gen Z, they're too focused on like images of themselves. But looks maxing, I feel like is like you'll see a lot of career women on that board being like, if I'm more attractive, I'll be able to move up in my career. Right. I feel like this is kind of like a refusal. This blob girl summer is like a refusal to girl bossify in a way because i think all girl bosses know that the way you present yourself helps a lot in your career mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't even have to be about like being beautiful getting yeah or pulling or anything um which definitely is what hot girl summer is about it is definitely like people would keep track of their like body counts like a, <laughs> a kind of sporty way which is something that I don't know this obsession with pulling or who you can pull or like who you can pull and ghost I don't know something about it is very like physical it's like a gravitational vibe that I kind of enjoy um hearing about (laughs) but I think her like she's like watching on the sidelines like in this way that's just so pathetic I think the whole masochistic vibe is also inherent to like being a covid pilled <laughs> because it's like um they also have that vibe of just being like whenever anyone is enjoying themselves or doing anything they'll be like well i'm glad like i haven't seen my grandma in a year so you can like go drink with your friends or have like a sneaky, yeah or like have a sneaky link with like this random guy and that um people transpose their feelings about covid onto other people who are seem to be living it up in a different way so i think this woman just really was like Hot girl summer, like you guys seem excited. Like, uh, let me put a camper <laughs> on that and be like, right. um, and also this is all this is extremely Protestant. Yeah, this is like the definition of Protestants rejecting like decadence and opulence and uh, glorification through beauty. I think yeah, it's like the shame. But she's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, because she did that alt-right thing, right? Yeah. Like, um, she went... Yeah, she did some undercover work. That just made me... God, that really pulled into focus what she's yeah. up to. Um, <laughs> I mean, it just, it just says that when you have a long-term... When you write a book about having different online identities, it just says that you're spending a lot of time online, which automatically is going to... Even if you're doing like a project online, it's still gonna affect your self-image. Yeah, and I think she her whole thing is she was like, I haven't read this book, so maybe I shouldn't speak too much on it, but she was like baiting all like mm-hmm. alt-right trolls. She was like, I'm an alt-right troll's worst nightmare, like a Jewish woman and 
left <laughs> I don't know. She seemed to be only configuring her identity like in opposition to what this All thing that, yeah in opposition to like white guys supremacists? yeah white supremacists we should really this is like an advice segment for this girl I mean, yeah she listens i'm like but also if she does listen like i said you're a great mm-hmm. writer i think you brought some important things to the surface but i think you're um better yeah. than this you're you yeah, you're also so pretty <laughs> like i know that's what you want to hear but I'm going to give it to you so you can stop producing writing like this. That's just like, uh, I don't know. Use your literary talent for good. Yeah, I wonder what it would be like to be really ugly in our culture right now. Like, very, like historically ugly. <laughs> Anciently ugly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, it's not just like you're ugly compared to uh, really hot Instagram girls, but like you're ugly compared to almost uh, or I guess like all modern beauty standards or something this might be stupid to say but um, I think it might be a little bit liberating like you'd be like the true like it's like almost impossible mm-hmm. to be a, be transgressive in our culture today because like everyone is competing to be transgressive in every way possible <laughs> but I think the only way to actually do it is like literally just be ugly and like not care about it so more power to these people I don't know where they are but I'm sure they're around yeah that kind of reminds me of how like the Carly Kloss thing, which if you guys don't know, Carly Kloss is like this American supermodel who also is like the definition of a girl boss and like has a coding camp and like a whole STEM empire. And I'm just like, uh, we need to venerate ugly women in STEM again or something. Like, I feel like it's so stressful to like be trying to be a woman in STEM. But then again, I'm like, maybe I'm like, maybe hot girls don't get taken seriously in STEM for being hot, but I don't know, but I just, I just remember back in the day, the girls that were in, like, the robotics club or something were always kind of uh, more tomboyish or, like, busted or something, but they found value in their lives yeah. outside of their looks. I'm trying to think, when was the last time I truly saw a very ugly person? Yeah, it's hard, right? It's, like, it's hard yeah, to yeah. be a woman. I think it's actually quite difficult to be a woman and be ugly. Like, I actually, I've, um, I've seen ugly guys. I hate saying this. I've seen ugly guys for sure. But like women, I don't know if it's just me, but it's really hard for me to like think a woman is truly ugly. Um, which is like part of our burden. Yeah, I guess being busted is different. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more likely that we're just saying someone is ugly or women say that other, another woman is ugly as like an insult just to be mean. Yeah. Or but to think of someone that really... I could, this is like not productive. <laughs> like, we're like going to like, like a think tank brainstorm yeah. of who are all the other people we know. I'm like, Susan <laughs> Okay, but that is an example. That is one of the last times there was there was like this a real a person who was considered ugly in the public eye and yeah. But then they gave her a makeover. It was she's just, still. She definitely glammed up for her book cover. I think she still looked ugly. What if Susan Boyle like? What if she ghost wrote this <laughs> article? She looked ugly, but uh, some of it is like, are you just old? Like, yeah. What she? How did she look? Well, she didn't she say she's thirty seven? Um. Like I remember that. Like when oh. she auditioned. <laughs> yeah, like Susan she is like she was like weirdly young for the way oh. that she looked. Um. I think that. I'm I'm thinking now 
about. No, I don't know what I was going to say. I think Susan Boyle was like a moment where, you know, like a oh, lot oh, of. Oh, sorry, 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 it's just like, okay, so <laughs> Susan Boyle was when people still had this, like, there was not like this notion really that women were autistic. And then people would talk about her being autistic, I think. But then there was this like element that she was like autistic female representation mm-hmm. at the time and that's changed a lot obviously in the past just two or so years yeah, that's true I but think that's interesting to yeah me. it was also a thing where I don't know if this idea had developed around the same time but like now I think it's definitely okay to call people fat and like fat people are always like the more you like act like being saying someone is fat it's like a bad word like it's just like a physical descriptor and like trying to take like the cutting edge away out of like calling someone fat um she was almost doing that for the word ugly, <laughs> in a way. Like, I feel like she embraced that qualifier. That's why I think it's also... Are you talking about Susan Boyle? That... When you say this, or... Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. No. Um, yeah, yeah. But this is why I also say it's, like, a liberating <laughs> category, because then you can actually, like, shine for your truly beautiful <laughs> qualities, I guess, which is her... Um, yeah, her... What was it? Elaine Page-like voice. Um I don't know why Susan Boyle isn't a gay icon. She's like a... Is Susan Boyle gay? No, but I, th- I feel like gay men should really idolize her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I don't know why they don't. She's yeah. Judy Garland. Yeah. Barbara Streisand. She really should be. Oh, God. Susan Boyle is going to join us in Hot Girl Summer. She's going to have a hot girl summer. Oh, right God, now. that would be really demented if she, like, started making TikToks about hot girl summer. That would just be... I wonder to wear a wig, honestly. <laughs> like, I'm kidding. I've loved Susan Boyle so long. <laughs> I cried when I first saw that. I, like, have a distinct memory. But she's a good example of um, ugly women having talent. <laughs> Because that really used to be a thing, and now it's not as much of a thing. Yeah. Like, it used to be, like, oh, she's, like, you, if you were, even thinking about, like, royal context, if you were, like, a, a royal woman and an aristocrat and you were ugly, you it was, like, it was good for you to distinguish yourself through your talents, so, like, learning, being really good at different languages or being great at an instrument or all of those things. Mm-hmm. So that's just a interesting thing, I guess. So that's very, I guess, pre-looks, you couldn't really look nice back then. Yeah. I think, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting, too, is that it, people have pointed this out before all over the place, but, like, now, actually, for women, being hot is, like, one of the few forms of, like, class mobility that people have access to. Like, it's, like, actually, like, a career move to look smacks. Like, it's not just, like, a vanity thing. Um, which is why I think it's more complicated than just like a self image problem. Cause I think it's also like a form of like making a career for yourself. Like Biz, you talk about this a lot and like, um, kind of like how do you, I don't know. Maybe I made that up. Like <laughs> I probably, I, I think I, I do. I talked about, um, this is kind of based off of something that the YouTuber and just very interesting fashion and culture voice, Ryan Finn used to talk about a lot how wearing makeup and stuff was, like, a means of, like, access for women who oftentimes, like, might be, like, working in a service job or working, uh, yeah, just working anything where you have to deal with people. How you look can really 
be an economic factor. Like, yeah. m- like for example, if you're a waitress and you're trying to make more tips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's also, like, yeah, I think women's relationship with makeup, uh, this whole idea that makeup is an art form, which I think it definitely can be. I know Ryan has talked about that before. Like, I feel like they're pushing that so hard. Like, Nikki Tutorial's the whole power of beauty thing, and James Charles the rip, his whole, like, unleash your inner artist thing. <laughs> I think the cultural messaging that is telling us more and more that they're like trying to convince us that makeup like is more than just like this tool that is actually necessary for you to like be socially Mm -hmm. successful for like certain people. I know like definitely in my case, if I didn't start wearing makeup, um, things would have been grim, but yeah, like this whole, the whole process of like learning how to do makeup, like it's not like, this artistic exploration, it's, like, really just a following instructions thing that isn't all as creative and, like, enjoyable as the makeup industry wants to tell us it is. Yeah, like, it doesn't have to be passionate. Mm -hmm. A lot of girls are, like, mistaking their passion for makeup as, like, it's just, like, you like that it is working well for you in life. Yeah. I think that's why... This is something else that I've written about, like, the professionalization of the average young woman in terms of, like, their expertise in beauty. Like, the knowledge that only drag queens and, like, gay men that were to, like, mat counters and stuff used to have is now, like, in the toolkit of every woman. And it's truly, like, necessary. And a lot of young women are, like, especially in small towns, like, in the South and stuff, they are wanting to be, like, cosmetologists, but it's kind of counterproductive because... These things are, like, things that you can learn online. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, thinking that because they're super good at it or because they really like it. Like, yeah, the you know. e-girl cosmetologist is very interesting because I know cosmetology and beauty school has always been the number one thing that girls that, like, couldn't go to college or didn't want to go to college, they would always do that. That was such, like, a, a working class thing for women to go into. You know, it is expensive and you can't get scholarships usually because mm-hmm. it's like a private school but that's like a for-profit vibe for yeah. sure and you have to work like a certain crazy number of hours before you can like be certified and buy your own like tools for free or like for very little pay a lot of the time yeah it definitely seems like very unfair and I think uh, the fact that that's like being sold as to young women is like an outlet for your like creative passion for looks maxing which is like yeah the e-girl thing is like they're like, yeah, I'm really into, like, dyeing my hair crazy colors. I'm going to be a cosmetologist. And then it's like, yes. you're going to be, like, doing, like, a blow-in set on, like, an old lady's hair in your town. And she's not going to want you to, like, touch her with scissors ever. Like, <laughs> panic her. Yeah. You know, it's actually funny that you mentioned that. It's, like, um, I think it's actually, like, almost, like, an almost a complete parallel to welding as, like, a trade. Because you, like, have to, like, buy your own tools. Like, your whole thing is, like, <laughs> sculpting on. things. Because welding is, like, the same thing where it's, yeah. like, you have to have, like, a certain amount of, like, hours. You have to buy your own tools. You have to, like, mm-hmm. um. Welding BF, cosmetologist GF. That's, uh, like, well, a real thing. But I'm, like, cosmetology what is a trade. Is, yeah. You're right. I mean, it's a trade, like, welding is. Yeah. In a way. But I guess it's, you're not, you know, building a bridge. You're... Yeah. But I think it's, like, it's just like a weird feedback loop because people are getting more into it because of, like, DIY beauty stuff, like, learning this stuff on the internet. They're not realizing, like, there's not as much of a demand for it because of that reason. And then, like, the people that they're serving with these skills are still, like, the people that are super stuck in their ways and, like, haven't figured out how to do their own makeup or hair yet. 
whatever it's we're, we're a long way away from Susan Boyle and like this original <laughs> conversation. Wait, what were we even <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait to listen back to this and be like like what were you even saying about Susan Boyle on? Oh yeah, if you're having a blog girl summer, go support your local cosmetologist and have her fix you up. Don't be defeatist. Like seriously, that's what they banned. In the... Obviously, there's so much wrong with like the looks back mm-hmm. community on Reddit. But I, um, one of their big things was like no negative self talk and no like defeatist mm-hmm. attitudes. And I think we could benefit from that. I don't know. It's okay to be like self deprecating and funny and to like acknowledge certain failings of or perceived failings of your like face and body and like thinking that you look busted. But to really just like tell everyone that it's like how about a mystique i think this is also like the domain of comedians like this type of confessionalism was something when i was reading this this is type of uh confessionalism that comedians use when they talk about themselves and their like shortcomings and stuff and it does feel like it is it reminds me of amy schumer and talking about all the gross things about being a woman but then it's, it's interesting how like, that really didn't turn out for Amy Schumer because everyone hated her. <laughs> she just became a wife and a mom. But I'm thinking about them like, they are kind of talking about the same things, but I guess Amy Schumer was a lot more crass and a lot more like talking about like f- fluids that like come out of her body and stuff. I loved, yeah, no, Amy Schumer did have actually some good jokes that were very illuminating. Um, but I think the thing about, it's like, it's true what you say, like she's like a beautiful writer and she's like, um, she should write some fiction, I think. Like, I think she'd be very good at it. Um, oh, this this reminds horror. me. <laughs> this reminds me. Someone someone wrote something about how, like, the writer influencers the thing, like writers feeling the pressure to be influencers, mm, yeah. and I'm thinking that her internalizing that as a growing trend, which also is related to like hot STEM girls and just. Yeah, hot media girl is definitely like a thing. Oh, it's like, yeah. I mean, hot, we could do a whole episode on just like the breaking down, tweeting out the words like, I ran over like my dad today in my car, but I'm hot. And there's like a picture attached. Yeah. Because that's very much a trope. Or like got an eviction <laughs> notice, but like I'm still hot. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah, yeah, got an abortion, but I'm still hot though. Definitely that. <laughs> it's probably real. Oh, wait, we didn't even talk about the morgue trucks. Talk about, like, oh, how, I don't even know how to describe that, but that really was, like, a doomer vibe. I was like, something about these types of think pieces, they really make you talk about how there are, like, dead bodies in, like, a morgue truck outside, when it really seemed to have, like, the connection was very shaky. No, I, I do think, actually, it is connected because she doesn't realize that she's, like, afraid of dying, and she's afraid of, like, and she hasn't come into contact with any children or old people or even just people in general. Um, so I think it made sense to like bring up like tombs and morgue trucks and death and stuff. It's like clearly your sense, I think your sense of self does become warped because you feel like, like whenever you don't come into contact with like any greater like human experiences like this, like if you're too focused on youth, mm-hmm. you feel a lot more important. And so your like sense of self feels like almost like disjointed like you're trying to like align things that yeah. don't make sense uh, I like interviewed this transhumanist scholar and kind of expert in 
human design not that long ago and she mentioned something that kind of relates to that was that was like I was asking her if she thought there was any correlation between people's like interest in transhumanism and the pandemic and if that was related and she was like yeah I think it's really heightening people's sense you said like how vulnerable our biology is but just I think being attuned to our biology has happened a lot more and like the the blobbiness of it all mm-hmm. I also think wait this is like something that people always say it's like a backhanded compliment on TikTok no. but <gasps> I think I know what it is she sounds like she would give really good hugs <laughs> <laughs> they always say that to like bad people on TikTok they're always like oh my god you look you like you would give the best hugs ever. yeah or like I know you just like make everyone's day or something <laughs> but like this description of her body like I I'm like girl, if you're so dope, you're like, here. <laughs> I really want to hug her. And I'm like, if you hung out with people more, if you had, if you touched people more or something, like, you would get that that's, like, a desirable trait in another yeah. person. No, yeah. Yeah. I think men like that a lot of times. Yeah. More to love. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> This is just a look they tried to fuck this woman via this episode. You're like, it's like, it's more like, about that. It's a preventative measure to make sure she doesn't write anything. Like no, we, we're fans of her. We just... Yeah. Um, I know. Uh, I reckon... I, okay, well, I, I think she's a, a great writer. I think she, yeah. I am a fan of her writing. Uh, and I think it is... She caught on to something. And this it's hard to sometimes... Uh, write about a cultural mood and that's what she was doing because a lot of people were feeling this way and not talking about it which is just like i'm going uh i'm doing my body reveal this summer and i'm so busted and ugly (laughs) and like no one was talking about it because it's just not there wasn't a space for it and uh she did she did that yeah Mm -hmm. well just know everyone even if your body is busted like your friends will be happy to see you anyway it's true that you say that you haven't seen them in over a year which is like well but i am happy why was I going to say I'm happy for her? I'm like, no, I'm, happy. I'm happy this is like a smash success for her and like her career probably yeah, is definitely. accelerating. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we're, we're running out of time here. Yeah. Actually, the light is really fading in this room. Me and Alexia are in and we actually don't um, know how to get out of this house. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't even know if it's like, there's like a really weird like candelabra. Like, so... Or what do you, any final thoughts on hotness or blobbiness, ladies? A message to, like, everybody, don't let your friends do this shit. Like, if you really love your friends, like, don't let them write op-eds for Business Insider about how ugly they are. Like, especially if you know that they're not. Like, don't let them do this. Be a better friend. The millennial response to this, yeah, the millennial response to this is either, like, oh, I feel the same way, or, like, you're valid. And sometimes people, like, yeah. shouldn't hear that. You should invalidate people more. Yeah. Just saying. Also, I thought it was really normal to, like, go, like, flop on the floor of some, like, your mom, like, with your mom there, or your friends, and be like, I'm ugly, or, like, I'm feeling so ugly. So I'm not, mm-hmm. that's normal. Yeah. It I is think. normal, but most of the time people would be like, no. But maybe, like, they didn't tell her that. It seems like she genuinely, like, it's like touch grass, babe. Like, <laughs> touch grass and go to Ulta. <laughs> There's a lot of blob femmes at Ulta. Yeah, but they're like really good at makeup. 
And they, they enjoy the Oh, that's a thing, too. Like, okay, some of the most successful, like, beauty gurus of the past few years, Guys, they're, they're all game. blob femmes. They are all blob femmes. Because they are perfect canvases for any look. They're so mutable. And, they have um, more surface area. Yeah. Amorphous. <laughs> And yeah, they have more surface area, and it's so easy for them to look snatched. Like, that's Nikki Tutorial's whole thing, and, like, I can just think of, like, a ton of other people where, actually, I don't even, I don't even approve of this style of makeup, but just know that, like, being a blob femme is, like, the vibe, culturally. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, do I have any thoughts about, like, accepting blobbiness or accepting hotness? I feel like, yeah, maybe just don't choose either of the poles like I don't think you need to self-identify with either of those things so severely but I do think that you could probably have fun doing hot girl summer I, I actually my last thought is I'm kind of wondering now and I've been wondering this for a long time I'm like is I feel like in a couple of years people are going to look back on the like multiple hot girl summers and have a kind of uh reaction against it like people had a reaction against, like, rookie mag ideology. But it, it's not a fully fleshed out ideology, especially in the way that Megan the Stallion, like, introduced it because that was, like, I don't know, that just, how can you know that something's going to catch on in the way that it did? But I, I do wonder if people are going to look back and be like, I made a lot of very intense missteps or something yeah. during that time. The one thing about Hot Girl Summer that I always appreciate, and I think the reason why it's become so cyclical is because it's almost like... I actually don't even know enough about, like, wolves saying this analogy very well, but you always see those memes that are like, okay, this period to this period is, like, scouting, and then it's, like, cuffing season, and then it's, like, when it becomes colder, people are, like, oh, boot-up season, and then, like, it becomes Hot Girl Summer again. So I do like this... um seasonal approach to like relationships and intimacy and I think hot girl summer is the like casting the world becomes a casting couch it's like a meeting it's like a natural meeting season for human beings like we self yeah. we self-imposed a meeting season yeah, and I like that yeah. we're having that but everyone is like on birth control and like I'm like filled to the brim with IDs yeah that's true <laughs> um I I'm also one I think Hot Girl Summer is really bad for fast fashion. I think that... Oh, oh yeah. I, because Hot Girl Summer, really, you are constantly acquiring... Okay, to pop out. Yeah. You must pop out. So, I don't know what else there is to say about this, except I guess you guys can let us know what your plans are for the <laughs> summer. Yeah, hags. Yeah. <laughs> hags and hags. And happy graduation to our graduates. To Alexi. Thank you to me. That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I graduated. But also I know a lot of you guys are too. So good job, everyone. Now we're truly alumni. Hey. There you go. <laughs> and so we all go to grad school. and um, that grad school. <laughs> that's, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's the sequel. Um, yeah, well, thanks. Hi, I'm like signing everyone's mental yearbook. Bye. Bye. <laughs>